Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. Hi guys, welcome to an impromptu episode of TT with the Ballers. We have Anshu with us here. It's the two of us and uh, we are just going to have a very candid chat about what's happening in the footballing world. And uh, I would like to give this opportunity to Anshu, whether if he wants to pick up a topic and I'm, I think I'm relatively aware of the kind of topic he will choose to have a conversation with me. So... <clears throat> Anshu, do you want to ask me anything about the footballing world right now? <laughs> the reason I laugh is because this is probably the first impromptu podcast we are ever doing where we, just for the listeners, we don't have any topics in mind. It's just going to talk. And the one thing that I want to talk, given that you are here, is what the heck is happening at Chelsea, man? What is happening? Uh, north of half a billion dollars. You still have players coming in. You have managers going out. You have somebody who was, uh, is a club legend, couldn't have his stock fall even further. What is happening? Well, <laughs> and, uh, this, this, this is a distraught laugh because I have nothing left, uh, anything else to do, to be very honest. Uh, as a Chelsea fan, it's a really difficult phase and I feel how Liverpool fans would have felt for so long. Uh, and Tottenham, though, I can't even imagine. And for that matter of fact, Arsenal as well, not being able to win for so long. One bad season and I, I, I can't take it anymore, to be honest. That's how it has become and uh, uh, no but no but to be fair to chelsea uh, i'm sorry to be fair to liverpool and to be fair to arsenal i don't think they've ever languished so far at the bottom of the table that people could actually be talking about them being relegated whether that's the case for you or not is 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 actually well, possibly could argue. last season mid midway of the last season i guess or in the earlier phase arsenal was 20th so uh, I, I think that must have been banter at way... least. <laughs> In terms of banter, at least you can't take that away from me. <laughs> but, uh, but given aside all the facts, uh, it it is a very difficult time for the club and the club's followers, and all the players are coming out and you know uh, sharing their responses in the terms of uh, how difficult it is for them and. Uh, how the changes in and around the club have affected the player, the mentality, the dressing room, uh, gone to the fact where uh, Thiago Silva has said that, you know, there is no space for all the players who are there in the team to, you know, get in and change that there are some players who have to change outside the dressing room. So, so there, there are a couple of, Pointers which I'd like to highlight on what has happened in and around the club, which, you know, not making an excuse, but these might be genuine reasons in terms of what has happened. So, starting off with Russia versus Ukraine, that war, I'm sorry to Ukraine, but has fucked Chelsea's life. (laughs) Vladimir Putin waking up one morning and bombing Ukraine, bombed Chelsea. So... 
ஒன்னும்ப்ரீக்ளப் so first of all that change of ownership has brought in a massive mental difference in terms of how the club is run how the club is being operated sacking of thomas tuchel is the second thing which has impacted the players which who have come out and said you know one fine morning uh, we come to the ground and we find that tuchel is no more uh, the manager of the chelsea football club so that then the appointment of graham potter well you know you can see that it has a twofold scenario where one he was brought in as a very capable manager who turned around brighton's uh, the way brighton operated the way brighton played or the results which brighton got in the last season as well as the starting of this one and as of now as well it is something which was established and based on how graham potter designed his football and something was expected out of that but uh it did not fare well because in the first transfer window the transfers were done and uh, graham potter had no say and the amount of involvement todd bohe and the other uh, owners of the club have in terms of having the transfers it has definitely affected now people tell me that you know 70 million spent for this kind of a player 35 million spent this kind of a player 105 million spent for enzo fernandez now these are not bad players right uh, but i, I, I don't of, think any of the players that you've bought are bad players uh, because that but, they are not being able to click see uh, but i uh, see there is an but, argument to be had about uh, you know uh, going out and buying players that that you that you might not otherwise do in a regular season but just going out and doing that on a whim to prove a point perhaps and uh, it 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 just goes on to prove that money is not everything uh, in, in a way that you may go on and spend a lot of money but that culture and cohesion that essentially works to make a champion team has been lacking i, I don't think there is any denying that but uh, what do you have to say about this news or uh, about about this uh, um you know uh, essentially a, a media gimmick it might be about the fact that uh, todd bowley is overly um involved in what happens inside the dressing room uh, i i don't know whether that's supposed to be a good thing or a bad thing but uh, do you think it might be one of the reasons why uh, we are witnessing the kind of of uh, this harmony that is to be fair it's quite evident on the pitch as well uh 
See, to be very honest, I, 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 I do understand that, you know, there's a certain kind of involvement Todd Bowie and the other uh, owners of the club have in the dressing room. But necessarily, it does not have to be negative, right? See, to be very honest, we do not know what happens inside the dressing room. We we knew that Ab- uh, Abramovich used to impact the dressing room and give those speeches and how his reaction was once we lost the 2008 Moscow final in uh, against Manchester United. So those those kind of things are always going to be there, and I, I think that you know, uh, for a person who owns a club and he's he's attached to the club and wants the better of the club and has the balls and the you know uh, the want to invest on the upwards of five hundred uh, half a billion pound, I, I I think that that person is not there to fool around, but at the same time, changing the manager at every so this is what our fourth manager of the season right thomas tuchel was fired then graham potter was brought in then he was fired then there was an interim manager whose name also i don't know he was fired then frank lampard was brought in and i i think he is on the verge of getting fired uh, do you think it was a good decision like i i i want to ask you about the firing of tuchel because i i don't think anybody can convince me that it was a good decision uh I I am yet to be convinced that the hiring of Graham Potter was a good decision, but I like there is an argument to be made about the positives of what he could have brought in had had he got the time or perhaps uh, perhaps the support from the players that a manager needs. But do you think that bringing in Frank Lampard to steady the ship, given the fact that uh, you know he's given the fact that he's all he's already like Chelsea know exactly what kind of management to be expected from him. We saw what he did or, you know, how Everton fared against him. So, do you think it was a good decision? Uh, see, I will not answer it in terms of a good decision or a bad decision. But what you have to look at it as that that person understands the club. And even in that those bad times, see, for him as a manager, just imagine the fact that he has lost, 30, uh, he has lost 31 games out of the 41 he has managed this season, including Everton games. Right, mm-hmm. and he has won only ten of those. So mm-hmm. that is a hit on his portfolio as well. But then coming back to the club he loves, I think as a fan, right, uh, the kind of effort he is trying to put in the track that he is trying to bring in the mentality for the players, which can make a particular difference to the club. Because see, his he, we know the kind of football he plays. He likes to work on the counter attack. He likes a strong midfield. But at the same time, right, you have to look at the fact that at a very crucial juncture in the season, Chelsea faced a lot of injuries and I think a lot of impulse buy happened in the January transfer window, right? Now, uh, coming back to the point where uh, where you say that, you know, Chelsea has a squad of excellent players, but at the same time, these excellent players... Who will you play? There's no consistent 11. I can write it down on paper and say that out of so many games we have played this season, we don't have the same uh, starting 11 twice. We don't know who's going to start. People who are playing fantasy football ping me every week. Do you think this will this guy will play? Do you think that guy will play? Aray, I don't know who will play, man. I, I really don't know what the club is going through. I, as a fan, just have to stand my ground and watch my team lose every goddamn week in, week out and it's Fucking difficult, but at the end of the day, that's what being a fan is all about. 
you have to stand behind your team you have to take it on your chin and take all the banters which are there because if you if, as virat kohli said if you give it you are supposed to take it as well so <clears throat> the with that being said yesterday we scored another goal against arsenal and that was two goals in eight games it's come to a point where you are counting the number of goals as opposed to the number of points you you've gotten what <laughs> what so uh, what i would like to know from you as a chelsea fan is okay let's just let's just keep everything aside about what has happened you can't undo that at this point in the season where there is nothing to play for apart from perhaps you know Staying the top of the table <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't say that. See, if, even even if you even if you were to consider the few games that that you've left with, you are yet to play teams like Newcastle, United, City, Brighton, and uh, there is an argument to be had that if you were to lose the Bournemouth game, like things could hit the bottom of rock bottom before going upward, right? So at this point in time, what what does Chelsea do? What do what do Chelsea do as a club to ensure that the the the, the preseason that's coming in do not have this weird shadow of this weird season looming over their heads? That's that's the first thing. And the second thing, do you think do you don't you think rather that it would be a good time to perhaps? bring in a permanent manager i hear you guys being linked to poch all the time so let's just say he comes in don't you think it would be a good time for him to come in steady the ship with his philosophy identify the players that he wants to work with and the players that he does not want to work with form a a good plan for the summer so to speak because if you were to spend for example a month let's say after the season hiring a, a, a new manager do you think it would give you enough time to form a consistent 11 as as you were talking about so my question essentially is uh, w- would it not be more practical for chelsea to go for the permanent appointment and if not why uh very tricky question man okay so it's i mean i'm problem. sure it's something that all chelsea fans are thinking right yeah, yeah, i, I would... uh so it's a two fold answer to be honest uh, the first part is where, whether it would be a good decision to bring in a permanent manager i think it won't make a difference right now because uh, with a squad that big right so you have let's say at least three players for every position as of now so to decide with five game left and out of that only two of them are against an opposition which we would have a probability higher probability of winning than losing apart from the rest of the 3 4 games which we have there's a, a couple of weekends where we are in manchester where we face united and city both then we have newcastle on the last day and then we have forest and uh, i guess forest brighton and bournemouth right so uh, how many games chelsea yeah, has played that is the next is against bournemouth right and we have yeah. played how many we have yeah we have five games to go so it's bournemouth then it's newcastle 
sorry, Bournemouth. Then we have Nottingham Forest. Then you we have, have Bournemouth City. Forest followed by City United and then New and then Newcastle. Both yes. Newcastle. Yeah. Right. So to be very honest, at this point of time, I I really feel like uh bringing in a new manager, sacking Frank Lampard or. Doing any sort of thing with the manager is as of now useless because until unless you let go of some players, make room and give some confidence to the players. See, as of that's now, the question, right? then that's the question, right, Pandey? That what what players do you let go of? Like unless you have a philosophy in place of a person who knows the players that he has the availability of and. He knows the players that he wants to let go and the players that he wants to play with. How do you let go of players? See, because see. none of your, none of your, I don't know what, what is it, twenty-seven, twenty-eight odd players who, who are essentially first-team players. None of those players are, you know, that none of them are substandard. None of them would agree to be a second choice. You know what I mean, right? Exactly my point. Now, now, just giving you an example, right? Uh, let's talk about Raheem Sterling. Oh. Okay. Raheem Sterling was brought in with the expectation of so every season, every season when we uh, speak about new football, we always say that a player who comes from outside the English Premier League takes some time to settle down. So we brought Raheem Sterling, who has PL experience, who has won the Premier League more number of times uh, than most of the current playing players and. What happens once he comes in? If you would see the reviews of Raheem Sterling while he plays for Chelsea, he does not run much. He's if you see Odegaard. But then aren't you aren't you playing Raheem Sterling out of position? The man has never played striker, even in his heyday. You are you're you you have played yeah, him. So, see, you have played him. So the thing is, you've played him at left wing back and you've played him at striker. He's neither of those things. See, right? we, have, we have played him at every possible position where he can fare well. Right? How many goals does Raheem Sterling have this season? Uh, but then um, but then you cannot make that point for Raheem Sterling alone in that team. That's that's yeah, that's my question. See, to, see, if you want, is, I can I can ask players one by one, starting with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. You should have you you uh, never should have bought him. Look, I you know exactly how I feel about that player, so I don't think it's a like I I can go on a rant straight away for two hours about Pierre. Let me point out how many players have not fared according to the expectation, or uh, to be very honest, what was expected of them and have not resulted. Well, I I don't think any of the players have ex- have performed again uh, as as per expectations, apart from. Like I, I won't keep uh, Madweke and uh, and Golo Kante in that list because well, Kante has been injured for a lo- longer part of the season, and whenever whenever I have seen Madweke play, I I think he plays with purpose. Apart from that, if if you were to pick out the team, I don't think you could you could pick a third player who apart from a uh, perhaps Kepa, who whom you would say that. He has to be a starter in this team, but then that's the point, you know. If you don't have a manager who knows how he wants to play, or if you don't have a philosophy in place for the next season, don't you think it would be the same problem? Because obviously you'll be going for a striker in the summer. You need a striker desperately, maybe two. You you still have a couple of players coming in. 
add to that the fact that you have to offload at least seven to eight players just to make the squad a bit balanced. And who does that? Todd Bowley does not have enough football intelligence to do that. So it, it, it's it's the same question again. Why not hire a, a permanent manager and let things settle it down is, uh, is, organically? It is under the conversations, right? But then to be very honest, who knows how a football club is run? Not you and not me. So yeah. unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so as a fan, right, as a fan, I just have to wait and I have to uh, keep my head high and wait for things to go right. As Kai Havert said out day before yesterday, anything which could have gone wrong for Chelsea this season has gone wrong. Uh, a crucial injury to Reese James at the crucial part of the season. Mason Mount not firing. Edward Mendy injured. Kulidu Kulibali, who had come in with a lot of promise, has not fired. And Golo Kante injured for most of the season has had only seven appearances out of which he has started only four of them and completed only three. With that being said, Mateo Kovacic injured for a good one-fourth part of the season. Wesley Fofana injured for half the season. So, these, even though we have a very strong squad, right? And I have shared my screen and if you'd see, Pulisic's name is also not here. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's been one of the one of the few I I would say unlucky players at Chelsea, but that's just me. I mean, I I think he has been grossly misjudged about how he plays. Yeah, I I love the play the way he plays. He's to be very honest, out of the so many players, right? Pulisic is the one who has a Premier League hat trick. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, that's totally. true. And that was a perfect hat-trick. Left foot, right foot header. Oh. And none of these guys have had a Premier League hat-trick. Uh, Kai Havertz have had a Carabao Cup hat-trick. But then again, it's a Carabao Cup hat-trick in a 6-0 win. So, and that was again two seasons ago. So, to be very honest, <clears throat> it, it it has become really difficult for us as a, as a Chelsea fan to, you know, go ahead and as an Indian Chelsea fan, wake up around, stay up till 12.30 in the night and then stay up till 2.30 in the night and watch <laughs> Chelsea lose every game in and out. And, you know, even even a, any football club fan, at least in the top 10, right, they are not used to seeing their club lose in and out, week in, week out. And even then you know that's that's what the difference is i always say ki yaar nahi dekhna ye wala match haar nahi hai waise bhi but i still have that hope that you know tomorrow we might turn up and some change and i i still i would you know like to go ahead and say that there might be a chance that we'll beat united and city there uh, is a- you 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 can beat you can beat united for sure because uh, I think we we are we are right up there with with any other team in Europe right now with regards to losing games that we ought not to lose. But I don't think you're you're defeating City, man. I don't I don't think no way in hell are you defeating City. Bro, uh, see, when we defeated City the season we won Champions League, right? We defeated City twice that season. Why did we defeat City twice that season? Once was because. 
Benjamin Mendy is the guy, right? Benjamin Mendy who used to play for City. He yes, made a mistake. Left back. Yeah. Yes. He made a mistake and who was there? It was Christian Pulisic. Yes. Who went ahead and scored a crazy goal and we won that game. And then it was the ultimate challenge. We won the Champions League final against them. So there is always this feeling where we can go ahead and beat the best of the best. And at the same time, yes, it does scare the shit out of me that, you know, uh, well, people are now making fun of Chelsea saying that they might get relegated and somewhere in the back of your head, you think like, shit, man, if that happens, where will you hide? Well, so, I, 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 I don't think there are enough places. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely isn't. But again, see, coming back to the same point again and again, as a fan, you just have to stay, stay put and... Stand on your ground, be firm, and you know things will change. It 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 does take time, and we have a very good good lineup. But the one eleven first eleven lineup, right? Who could convert things? That has not happened. Not one Chelsea player has scored double digits this season, and mm. that is a worrying situation. Yesterday also, since the time Lampard has come in, right? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't even remember the last match which Chelsea won. We won against, I guess, Leicester. Is the last win we have. Or maybe against Dortmund, which was earlier. Which was later. I, I don't remember. That's how... <laughs> that... Yeah, I don't think you won after Dortmund because or maybe you have... I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's painful to even think. Yeah, it, exactly. That's 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 what the feeling is. But at the end of the day, that it is what it is. And as of now, as a football fan, what I can take away from this particular season is that I expect Arsenal to bottle it and I'll dance my heart out. So, <laughs> because that uh, is what... If we are If we are going to talk about Arsenal and uh, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. I think they've had a fantastic season. I really do. I mean, I mean, uh, bottling and choking aside, I don't think I don't think they've bottled it. I I, I never thought they 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 are going to win it. I've said that time and again. I've said it's theirs to lose, and I've said they will lose it, and they did lose it. But the manner in which they did was something that I did not think of. I mean, to think that they could have gone into the city game, lost it, and yet would have been, you know ahead of city even on the same number of games played is quite something is quite something to think about yeah. so i i i think i think i i think they should be proud of what they've achieved this season and i really don't think you should take much pleasure from you know i see i see the chelsea head scarf but i i i really don't think you should take much pleasure from arsenal well quote unquote bottling it well let me put it like this, right? So, Mr. Townsend, while commentating yesterday, he mentioned a very good point where I couldn't stop smiling was it was not expected to <laughs> for Arsenal to be first. So, if they would have finished second without being on the top of the table, it would have been a fantastic season for Arsenal. But mm-hmm. bottling the Premier League, being at the helm for most of the season and then... You know, when it mattered the most, bottling it up, 
well, that will hurt Arsenal and that is where I'll have my last laugh. Again, I, 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 would, I, I will reiterate at the risk of being redundant. <laughs> I mean, you, you could feel happy about it. I, I, there is an argument about feeling your derby rivals go down. I understand that. But uh, not this way, man. I mean, if you were in with a with a shout inside top four or, you know, I, I predicted that you would actually challenge for the title this season. Do you remember at the beginning of... Yeah, that was before Reese James got injured. <laughs> even even when he did, I mean, I, I was I, I was always of the opinion that you guys would pick, pick it up at some point in time, even after the World Cup, you know, when you guys were still... You were still languishing after the World Cup, but you know I always thought that you would pick it up at some point in time, but you just have not. And since it's difficult for me to, you know, if I would have been see the PL table, see the PL table, right? So we are at what thirty nine points. We have five games to go. We finish with fifteen points. We'll go to fifty four, right? We'll still right. be let's say somewhere around seventh or eighth, maybe. Best case scenario if we take fifteen from fifteen, right? But I don't, I, I, I don't think that will happen. If you, because... if you take and and again, I, I am going to be brutally honest with you, right? Oh, you yes. should be, you should be lucky if you get two, and I mean that. <laughs> oh, and, that... And the, the reason I'm <laughs> saying that is because I can see you guys drawing two of those games against United and Bournemouth. But at, in in this form, I don't see you. I don't see you winning anything, man. I I I'm really sorry to say that. I I I think that is the harsh reality, isn't it? Uh, it is it is as a Chelsea fan as of now. See, as a fan, I go in every game where I expect my team to win. And uh, I mean, see, the only reason you guys were able to score a goal yesterday is because Arsenal allowed you to, and that's 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 the sad part of it. Off, yeah, because. The game was done at halftime. Even Frank Lampard said it in the interview, right? The game was done at halftime. There was no way you were you were coming back unless you would have scored like two goals in the first 20 minutes of the halftime. But that didn't happen. You guys were still playing pretty much pretty bad. I, and I watched yesterday's match hoping that, you know, you would end up defeating Arsenal. But it was a shocking loss. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say shocking. I don't know. <clears throat> If if you would see the Premier League table, right, the only team who has an equivalent five game, uh, last five game as bad as Chelsea leads United with four losses and a draw. Yeah, and I think yeah. first time in so many seasons of being a Chelsea follower, our goal difference is in minus. We have scored, we have scored thirty-one goals. We have conceded thirty-eight goals. It's like you are playing FIFA Manager mode while you are so sleepy that you don't know what's happening. Yeah, or or perhaps playing FIFA Manager mode in I don't know legendary difficulty or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> where you simply can't score goals, man. <laughs> Probably giving Juhi to play FIFA, man. That that's how yeah. what. Chelsea standard stands for me as of now, but then, man, there are glimpses. Enough about, I enough about Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, enough enough for me for a day, and I I really hope that you know the next time I come to speak on, uh, how Chelsea is faring, we might have a permanent manager. Uh, 
and we might win a game or two and how appropriate would it be that city drop a couple of points or maybe a point um no maybe a couple of points maybe they draw one till they go and face chelsea and then you guys end up defeating them and cause Arsenal a title goes upset. Out that, to win. Yeah. you know that that would be that would be a then, story then, worth then worth let me put about. it down like this if that would be the point let me tell you as a chelsea fan <laughs> kepa ariza balaga will score an own goal <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen but <laughs> even it, it it's it's wishful thinking even for me but it would be it would be a very good story to talk about if something like that My did friend, end up happening look look at manchester city's form last five games five wins no i don't need to look at, i don't need to look at their the, their form man they've been they've been outstanding in the last five or six years they've single handedly i shouldn't say single handedly apart from apart from liverpool i don't think they've had any they've had any yeah so to speak and, and, but and to i i i never i i seasons man one they finished yeah. second one they finished first and the competition was over they finished two seasons within two or three points of city you know so they were they were uh, like it was I, i don't think and as a manchester united fan it's difficult for me to admit but i think liverpool have been the second best team in in the league for the past half a decade uh without a shadow of a doubt that being said i <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's it's rather difficult to admit but even in 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 the past seasons i have never tuned in to watch a city game that's not against united but i do that now you know <laughs> and I, i i did that last season when they were in the champions league and they were playing real madrid and uh, you know people were talking that it might be one of those seasons where madrid end up losing but they didn't then that's when i i i really started to sort of understand what it is that pep guardiola does and what it is that makes him special but nowadays i i really find that the way city play and what guardiola has done with that team in i mean i- imagine this right he made kyle walker into probably the best right back in europe for a time being to the extent that he practically locked mbappe in his pocket when he met him in the champions league as well as the world cup they ended up losing in the world cup but that's a different story and now he has made a team where Kyle Walker only plays because Manuel Akanji or you know uh, Nathan Ake are not playing and uh, it's 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 difficult to switch styles of play the way he has done in Haaland man i mean if you don't have a reason to watch city he is a reason in himself i mean i i i can't talk enough about him you know doing what he is doing in his first season in the premier league supposedly a league where you need to come in and establish yourself as we were talking about right yeah that that reason has gone to shit instantly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, i he he is he, he could still he could still score he could still score 10 to 12 goals in this season and end up scoring more than 60 goals and that scares the shit out of me it's exciting but it's scary you know so how uh city was lined up last season yeah and everybody said that you know without a striker they they have they stand no chance and then yeah. they won the league 
then this season they got erling haaland and yep. everybody said that you know erling haaland will kick everybody's ass but half the season they were lagging behind yeah and, and then came running haaland haaland the way he does and he has taken everybody by shock and the way and the day haaland does not fire see i i'll tell you one major difference between manchester united and manchester city right there was a good 10 to 12 game run where rashford was scoring every game in game out yeah haaland was also scoring every game in game out yeah but haaland was not scoring there was either phil foden bernardo silva kevin de bruyne riyad mahrez yeah jumping in and contributing goals but at the same time when when rashford was not scoring nobody else was scoring yeah i yeah. think that is a fundamental difference between I- no i don't think i uh, look pande i mean if we are talking about united then i think there is a discussion to be had that you know uh, united are probably where they are this season because of the fact that other clubs and when i say other clubs i mean spurs chelsea and liverpool are not doing are not performing on their level because i think that Uh, this united team has a lot of gaping holes to fill and the reason we are doing well so to speak is because of the fact that the manager has sort of brought in that culture where you 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 sh- you are not supposed to complain you're just supposed to get on with it you know march in expect to put up a fight win if possible and you know come out come out feeling that you gave gave it your all but i mean imagine what we are doing with what we have we have we have one striker who went on a sort of rampage about the manager and the club left in january we had another striker who has been injured for like 100 matches in the past two years we we got that guy from burnley who has scored two goals from burnley and was playing in a club that the only reason he i think he came on anybody's radar is because of that goal he scored for holland against argentina we 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 had a winger who was probably one of the brightest upcoming talent in europe having a nervous breakdown for whatever reason he did another winger who was caught up in a rape case right we've had a midfield where christian eriksen was out half the season and we have to do with loan movements of sabitzer and you know uh weghorst keeping in mind that our best center back pairing is both of them are out and we have to do with a with a center back who's not a center back so i think keeping all that in mind i think we've had a we've had a very decent season but there is absolutely no way that you can take manchester city and manchester united in the same sentence with My the friend, same emotion okay fine we won't say manchester city and manchester united in the same sentence but i would really like to compare arsenal and united in the same sentence because hmm. arsenal have and united have conceded the same number of goals this season yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> united have scored 50 almost 50 goals and arsenal have scored a little above 80 goals yeah and now and now what would you say 
I think we have the least number of goals in the in the top six and by some margin, and uh, that's because of the of the I don't know what is it forty eight forty nine goals that we have scored in the league this season. I think close to twenty of them have come, or twenty twenty five of them have come from Rashford, and I think close to seven or eight of them have come from Bruno. I don't think there are any other goal contributions even worth mentioning, and. that's probably like if you look at arsenal right out of the 81 goals that we are just discussing more than 40 goals have come from its front three you know or, or front four i should say like odegaard is a part of that and yeah. martinelli odegaard saka and jesus yeah yeah and it's a big thing right i mean you it's it's a it's an entirely different conversation to be had about city where you know uh, they've scored 84 goals and 30 30 32 or 33 goals have come from haland's boot alone but it's not a case for every premier league team so it's a it's a very basic thing if you want to challenge for the title you need to have at least at at the very least at the very least you need to have 35 to 40 goals coming from your forwards and we don't have that we we don't have in, even close to that so uh, yeah we we need striker we need a striker stat we need we need reinforcements at the back i think and we need reinforcements in the midfield perhaps signing a long term deal with marcel sabitzer uh in, and uh, going in for a striker selling harry maguire getting like a second chance golu kante my friend yes of course why not he runs out of contract this summer i i think it would be it would be one of those ericsson type buys if united are able to do that Wherein I think Eriksson is the best transfer that we've had. Uh, I think Casemiro. No, I think I think Eriksson, Casemiro, and Bruno. I think are the three biggest signings of the in terms of impact on the team. And uh, I I I would argue that Eriksson has been the best of them because he's he's come on a free, you know. So I I I would be I would be very excited to have Angolo Kante in the team. Uh, because that just gives us uh, an extra edge of having a winning mentality midfielder when somebody who's a part of the who's part of the middle three is not playing like we had like we had Casemiro suspended for like five games this season so i think it would be it would be a very good addition uh well speaking of you know scoring goals i i really want to mention a team who has the best defensive record this season with conceding only 27 goals it's newcastle united yes the saudi money and that yeah. saudi money has not done anything yet yeah yeah it would if they end up playing ronaldo and messi in the same team <laughs> next season but and and they, and they won't be breaking any financial fair play uh, with that i'm sure because messi would come on a free and ronaldo would come on a free what they end up getting after that is entirely a different thing altogether no ffp is going to interfere with that so well, that wouldn't wouldn't that be a a legendary year as a football fan for a decade more than a decade to see that happen but then again it would be a dream come true for sure like watching both of them <laughs> probably talking about it i'll dream it dream about it tonight but uh with that being said right uh mr botman who uh is a crucial and integral part of newcastle's defense trippier yeah. oh my god yeah. 
impact yeah. which he has had, the kind of balls he is putting in. Uh, then Fabian Shah. I I think I think I think Joe Willock and Alexander Isaac have been uh, they've been they revelations this season, goals, right? And they their their tracking back work is really really good. But and and I think one of the one of the best finds they've had this season is uh, Miguel Almiron. I think uh, the way he has played off the left, off the right, it's 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 practically it's practically world class. And uh, I don't know if he'll be able to continue this next season, but. It's if, I'm like if Newcastle are able to replicate what they are doing this season, the 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 upcoming season, the next season, that is to say, if they have Champions League football two years in a row, I think we are looking at a new. I think we 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 might end up uh, calling the top six as top seven because it's it's exactly where we are headed, and uh, the way I think the way they've. I think they've been very sort of cunning and very, you know, uh, practical in the way they've brought in players. I mean, Kieran Trippier from Atletico Madrid was one of the best buys, I think, uh, that they could have had. Because there is a player who has played under Diego Simeone, who has enough Premier League experience and has come in and been one of the key players. So... Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited about the team. Not so much about their position and the fact that uh, we are breathing breathing down their neck and they are breathing breathing down our neck. So it's a it's a rather difficult thing to digest that. But apart from that, I, I it's it's been quite impressive the way they've gone about the season. Yeah, very 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 smart business they have done. Uh, yeah, they have spent good amount of money for Alexander Isaac. And he yeah. has given the returns. I mean, I, what will I not will will not be able to forget for a very very long time is the game they played against Tottenham and man, you know, teams who play good against my rival London teams, right? I I really appreciate that. Mm. Beating. Uh, Tottenham, the way they did, like, if you would see uh, Isaac's celebration after the fifth goal, he himself could not believe that that's how easy it is for them to score. Against... They obliterated Tottenham in that match, man. There's like, that was, that was a, that was a weird one, to be very <laughs> honest with you. You won't believe, bro. I went into the kitchen to make food. I came back and they were 5 nil down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. By the time I, <laughs> By the time I, I switched the match on, there were like three, four goals down. <laughs> yeah, man. That, 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 and Isaac has been good. He's had he's had, I think, ten goals or twelve goals this season in the in, in the Prem. He's had like four or five assists or something. So it's 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 been uh it's been a fairly good season for uh, Alexander Isaac. Uh, I think one Mr. of the crucial parts of uh, Newcastle was Bruno Guimaraes. Yeah, he fairly did very well in terms of uh, containing the game. Has five assists and uh, more than a little uh, couple of goals, maybe let's say three or four goals, and has yeah. contributed well enough with his current talent in in helping Newcastle climb up the ladder. Right? Uh, it's not easy to get it done and they have been consistent like they have lost only one game out of the last five 
and mm. I've watched the last three. So I think he's uh, he he's been a very unique find for Newcastle in the way that you know coming in from a team like Lyon into the Premier League, uh, in a team that's just been bought. Any anybody would have been would have been able to say that it it's it's not it might not work out given or it might it 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 will take time to work out but the outputs he's produced this season has been it's been phenomenal and uh, so it's like I I I wouldn't be surprised if I if I saw players out of this group going into the you know present top six so to speak. True. True. Look, looking at the table currently, it feels like, apart from the banter which is going around, that there is a chance where Chelsea might get relegated. I think oh. Southampton and Everton are definitely going down. I I I would still not count my chickens against Everton, uh, primarily because of Sean Dyche. I think he might just be able to pull them through, and uh, it's uh, like. I think the one thing that I I know he is going to do is going to make it absolutely difficult for the bigger teams. Like I know that they're playing City, I I know they're playing Brighton. So I think he's going to try his level best to come out with at least one point in these games. And I think they go one up against Wolves. So I I think they might end up getting out of that relegation zone. I see Leeds getting in there. But uh, no, I I see Forest, Leeds, and Southampton going this season. Unfortunately, uh, well, who would miss Leeds? Nobody would miss Leeds after they yeah. fired Bielsa. There's no fun watching Leeds. I, Bamford is a big upset man. Not yeah. not what was expected. Yeah. But with that, again, I I really wanted to invest some time in talking about Tottenham, but they are not worth it. So. And that is coming from a Chelsea fan whose whose team is at twelfth right now. Still, Tottenham I suck. That we um, the the team that we haven't talked really so far about is Liverpool and Villa. I think uh, both of them need special mention. Good mentions. evening, Aston Villa fans. What? Good evening, Aston Villa fans. Good evening. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think. To be very honest, see, it was a, it was about time Liverpool came up, and uh, they have won their last four, uh, and the fifth which they drew was against Chelsea. So, yeah. and that was the last game Chelsea drew, and after that, four direct losses. So, uh, talking about Liverpool again, right? Uh, they have had. A lot of players coming back from injury. Luis Diaz is back. Diego Jota is back. Um, and scoring. And scoring. Yeah, man. And scoring. So, things good look good for Liverpool as of now. But at the same time, they, they have been the next best, most consistent team in the Premier League over the last three or four seasons, right? As uh, I was going through earlier, uh, uh, I was going through the tables of the earlier seasons. And Liverpool have come twice within a points reach beat City. And they have yeah. not been able to do so. And from that, coming down to fighting for fifth position. And I, I think top four is sealed. I, I don't think there is going to be a change in the top four. It's just that uh, how the uh, 
top two looks like might be something which is affected, which might be affected. But at the same time, fighting for fifth is not good enough for Liverpool. Uh, I think we, I I I think uh, we get third. I don't think we're going to finish fourth if if we end up performing even reasonably as expected in the next games. As for Liverpool, I think the run of games that they have from now till the end of the season is. I won't say easy. None of the games in the Premier League are, but they're fairly simple in the way that they face Fulham, Brentford. Uh, I think they play Leicester and Southampton. I don't, I don't remember if they play Villa or not. I think they do. Um, so given that they they drop points against Villa, which I see them doing. Apart from that, I don't think they will be dropping points. So I think. Even they will be pretty much breathing down, breathing down the fourth place and securing that fifth place. So it's it's. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if Villa can finish inside inside the top six and get that coveted Europa League qualification for Unai Emery. Ah, oh, well, it's that would be some comeback, man. Yeah, from where Aston Villa were. And to where he has, Mr. Good Evening has brought them. Uh, it's going to be some game, and and I I think that you know Villa has a decent squad, uh, decent players they have in terms of their keeper, right? He's a World Cup winning keeper. Uh, they have Ole, Ole Watkins, who has as of now one of the best away goal scoring record uh, in the season, and in. Right. Uh, Mr. McGinn, Mr. McGinn, who scored a brilliant goal against Chelsea, man. Like every third player I see has scored a goal against Chelsea. Man, that is like uh, so tough to digest. But yeah, so they have a good, decent squad, and I, I, I think that you know whatever uh, the fight they will put up. So they have Wolves as and Tottenham. Oh, they'll win the Tottenham game, man. Uh oh, it's it's very difficult, man. They have Liverpool, they have Brighton, they have Tottenham, and they have Wolves. So, yeah. uh, a very tough fight, and uh, it's it's very exciting. See, at the end of the day, no matter which club do you follow, uh, by the time it gets down to the wire, if one thing I've realized or maybe actualized in so many years of being a football fan is that. Even gaining a spot till the last day of the Premier League for a small club or a big club is something worth fighting for, and I think that's the spirit of football which has to be carried on. And as a Chelsea fan, I need it the most. <laughs> Truly said. <laughs> and uh, we are now starting with today's kickoff as well. So City are going up against West Ham, and Liverpool are going up against Fulham. So let's just end with our predictions of the game. What do you think is going to happen? I think, uh, I, I think, man, I don't know where where is West Ham. Let me see. West Ham is. I want City to beat West Ham. I don't want any other guy coming up and saying West Ham also will cross Chelsea's number of points. So, I'm all <laughs> in for a, a Ling Haaland hat trick. Okay. And uh, what about Liverpool Fulham? Fuck you. Mind you. Uh, <laughs> I quite agree, but it's on Anfield, so I don't think it's going to happen. 
See if anybody can do it. It's Fulham because they have nothing to lose, man. They have scored forty-five goals and they have conceded forty-five goals. So, uh, they and they have scored forty-five points. So they they are in tandem with what they are doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody can do it, maybe it's Fulham because the way Billion has been playing this season, he uh, he has provided a couple of crucial crucial uh, uh, what you can say assists and. the way he has been playing and uh, he he taking down on the left wing of a mid three it, it's it's good for him and nobody expected him to turn up and change the tables the tables like that but with that being said it's a uh, a defense of alexander arnold konate van dijk and simikas where he can you know turn, turn around alexander arnold konate and simikas so it's it's going to be a fun game i, I i'll go in for a draw with the kind of form uh, leopold have had but at the same time they have uh, cody gakpo and diego jota as in back in form so fuck leopold i i think uh, both city and leopold win win their games tonight uh, tonight but even fuck leopold <laughs> here 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 i i captain With that, we come to an end of our impromptu podcast. Came, I I I would not say it now. Now that we have spoken for so long, it was not an impromptu. It was more like a soft story for for Chelsea fan. Probably that's what we'll name the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. It would make for a good clickbait for sure. <laughs> People would want to know. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with that being said, let's bring the episode to a close. Thank you, Anshu, for your time and asking me such tricky and difficult questions. Mm-hmm. It was fun having this chat with you. It's a pleasure as always, Pandey. Yo, yo, man. See you later. Bye, bye.